Welcome to Sunburnt Country Music, interviews with Australian country music artists. My name is Sophie and I have been interviewing Australian country music artists for over a decade and I still love it. I love their stories, I love their insights and I love their music. So I hope you enjoy hearing from them on this podcast. Jackson James released the single Get Around To It a few weeks ago, but he has been involved in music for quite a while as a musician and making music videos and as a producer. So I have a lot to ask him about, and I'm very interested to hear about all of it. Hi, Jackson. Hi, how are you? Great to be here chatting with you. I'm very well, thank you. Um, But as we speak, you are in Nashville, Tennessee. So I'm going to ask you what has taken you there. Uh, so, yeah, I'm over here uh, with my partner, Melanie Dyer. She's on CMA Fest and, yeah, I'm, I'm a full-time member of a touring band. So I'm over here to play guitar with her and hang out with some great people and, yeah, just suss it out and might even move here one day. Who knows? <laughs> um, the logistics of taking a band to Nashville, rehearsing, all that kind of stuff, I imagine in a city as busy as that where there are so many working musicians, even getting rehearsal space might be tricky. It is. I think there's a there's so much going on here, and um, you know Mel's been here many times, so she's got lots of friends over here. And um, actually, the entire band is made up of Aussies um, who are either based here or they're travelling over um, for other reasons as well. And I'm the only only full time one from Australia that's um, c- come over with Mel. But yeah, that's also because we needed a holiday as well. So right. so you factored in a bit of extra time. That's good. Yes, we are over here for three weeks minimum, hopefully a month. Because I know you have to be back for the big red bash, uh, which I believe yeah. is in July. It is, yeah. So we will be back, um, yeah, kind of like late June, uh, ready to travel out there for that one. So that's an amazing gig as well. So can't wait to get out there again. Yeah, it's it's a great example of how far music can take you literally to the other side of the world but also around Australia and part of me is wondering whether the big red bash is possibly logistically harder than getting to Nashville CMA Fest. Um, yeah it's a bit of a trek I think it, uh, last time last year when we went out there it was uh, a flight from Port Macquarie to Sydney Sydney to Melbourne Melbourne to somewhere and then somewhere to Birdsville it was a massive trip and we were exhausted by the time we even got there yeah. Uh, but it's well worth it. You get out there and there's nothing like it. It's in the middle of the desert, literally. Mm-hmm. And do you find when you play those big festival shows, regardless of the country, that it's it, it takes a certain type of energetic ramping up? Like it's it's quite quite a different deal to playing a, a pub or, or even a larger venue, indoor venue. Absolutely. It's just the sheer scale and the size. I remember... Um, the very first song playing on big on the big red bash stage and you know when the chorus just kicked in on one of mel's songs um i was blown away like the scale and the size of everything was just huge and it's so much louder out there because they don't have any noise restrictions so it's not like the festivals we have here on the coast um when you know the capped at 80 85 decibels out there i swear it was well over 100 decibels out there so it was pretty pretty amazing I'm not sure how you hear anything in the fold back when it's a, a festival like that, but I guess you're used to it. Well, yeah, well, the stage is so big and it's so wide and it pushes so much air out that, you know, you can almost hear yourself singing with your own ears um, yeah. on those stages because the the actual source of the volume is spread so wide. Right. So, yeah, it's not necessarily loud on stage, but you can just hear the volume out in front of you. Yeah, yeah. 
How exciting. Yeah. So we've got all of that ahead of you. It's going to see my first, at the time we speak has not taken place. So um, yep. now you have an extensive background in performance generally, uh, playing your own material as well as playing with other artists like you play with Mel. I'm wondering when your musical life began. So I, I come from a musical family um, and, you know, my grandparents were kind of known, you know, for throwing these ridiculous parties in their backyard, even from a, a small age. And I was kind of dragged up on stage from around four years of age and I could play guitar from around five or six. Um, I only knew a few chords at that that stage, but, you know, it kind of really began from there. Um, my aunties and uncles all play music and have always, you know, played gigs around my hometown and even my grandparents um, had a family band that played out Tamworth even before I was even born. So it's always been in my life. So it must have felt, did it feel like you had a choice or maybe you didn't you didn't need to have a choice? It's what you wanted to do. I didn't have a choice as far as um, it's just who I am. Like that's the rea- that's the reality, you know, like I, I have a lot of other um, areas that I also love and skills that I work, work in, but music's always the thing that I really like, I just love. And that's always the calling. I'd have a bit of time out, you know, whether it's I'm busy with other work or, um, you know, you just everyone goes through that too many gigs slum, and you just kind of need a bit of time out to reevaluate. And I get through that point, and I just miss it so much. So it's just a, it's, it's a calling that I, I have to do. Were you in a band at school or the school orchestra or anything like that? I did. I had a a, a band all the way through high school, um, and we actually played sort of like punk rock, Blink One Eight Two, Rage Against the Machine, all that kind of stuff. And yeah, I didn't really get into like proper, you know, coastal and country music till I was probably in my twenties, I reckon. Okay. And what, uh, well, was there like a gateway artist that got you into country music? There was definitely, um, you know, my family all, uh, they they all love country music and growing up, it was always, uh, you know, Slim Dusty, Merle Haggard, all the traditional stuff growing up. And I spent all my teenage years trying to avoid country as much as possible because it wasn't cool. And then um, I started, uh, you know, my training in um, structural engineering and architecture and uh, the office manager gave me a, I think it was a greatest hits um, collection of Garth Brooks. And it was that album that I had on repeat that really gave me a, um, an insight into um, modern pop country at the time and I was I was hooked at that point and I'm going to come back to your other professional background because I have a few questions yeah. around that but um, I'm wondering yeah. when you started writing songs I've always composed music even from a young age um, you know I think I composed my first music uh, in grade six so I would have been around 12 years of age um, and then started writing music from around probably 17 or 18 and, you know, working with other artists as well, writing on, on their, their tracks has been a great, I love collaborating as well, but um, music's definitely, I have a stronger production and music theory writing background than, than lyrics. So it's something I want to get a lot better at. Um, I love, I love telling a story and, um, you know, at all, everything that I do in my creative life is, is about telling a story. So yeah, I just love it. So, because yeah, I, I did actually have a question about you collaborating, because I know that you write with a lot of artists like Hudson Rose with Melanie. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like when you co-write, you tend to handle the music side more than the lyrics at the moment. Um, it, it depends on 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 the songs. Um, 
and depends on what's needed at the time as well. But yes, I have in the past done more production and music uh, writing um, Yeah, in the past. It's, I think, because as you said, your family's musical, you've been steeped in music since you were a child. It can, it's, it's a beautiful obsession, I guess, to love music so much, but it is something that, yes, can absolutely take over your life. So you did find room in your life for other professional training. You're an um, architectural draftsman, I understand. Uh, yeah. So what what made you decide to get into that? Yeah, so like obviously music's always been um, a big part of my life, but, you know, um, you know, I had family and friends say that, you know, it's great to want to want to do that, but you have to get something concrete behind you because, you never know, um, you know, as we found out with the pandemic, that's, you know, unheard of. And it was that exact scenario of why having something, um, another skill, another trade behind you, um, you know, really helped me get get through that. So I had an opportunity to do a, a apprenticeship in structural engineering and architectural drafting, um, and which I started when I was around 22 years of age. And I did 15 years of that. Um, you know, I built up my own um, design company and yeah, won many design awards from high-end kitchens to, you know, best house, best architectural house, um, master builders awards, you know, er bathrooms, everything. So. Mm -hmm. Partly what really interests me about that part of your work is that because you are a producer as well as yeah, having made music videos. And so I'm wondering with that background, you're literally used to seeing things from all angles, you know what I mean? So visually putting something yeah. together, conceiving of an end project um, when something's just on a page and you have to like, yes. imagine what how a, a house is going to turn out or a bathroom is going to turn out. So I'm wondering when you start writing a song, for example, the songs you did with Hudson Rose, you were a co-writer, you were the producer and you created the video. I'm wondering if you actually had a sense of, the whole of it when you started writing it or if that's if that's where your brain goes to when you're writing songs anyway definitely um i i broke up the, the music and the video were definitely like two separate things um because it takes a lot of brain capacity to do both um so we started off with the the music but i i can't help it even when i'm writing um or even just playing guitar you know i'll, I'll come up with a really cool an interesting chord arrangement and I'm already hearing the rhythm section. I'm already hearing lead parts at just, it's just in my head. And that's also my biggest downfall because um, you get fatigued, like mentally fatigued because you're thinking about so many things. So you almost have to just uh, allow yourself to do it very quickly mm -hmm. uh, without overthinking things and know that you can come back to it later and refine mm -hmm. um, I'm a perfectionist and sometimes like that, that just sort of like holds me back. And I think a lot of perfectionists can, can understand and relate to that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, definitely with hearts and stuff. Um, it's like, it's like a house, you know, you start from the foundations and you build, build your way up. So we started with, um, you know, the bass chords and then put down the melody and then we start to figure out chain chordal changes under it. And then we build build from there. If it needs mm. an interesting hook um, or a banjo or something, then we find what works for that. Yeah. I, I, it's, I, I'm so interested in it because I think that, yes, that sensibility you've had from your other work does give you some really valuable skills just in, in understanding the different components. Even I, I would imagine for a live show, just, just having an in, intrinsic understanding that there are many different parts involved and it's all working towards a finished product. I, I wonder if it, 
despite you being a perfectionist, if it also helps you be patient with the process because you think, well, we are working towards a finished thing here. And if one component is yes. not quite right, it's worth waiting to get it right. Absolutely. Um, yeah, patience. I definitely have a lot of patience. Um, I'm kind of one of those people that has a short fuse but gets over it very quickly. Like I can, it takes a lot to push me over the edge, but I also just like, I just say, bah! and then I'm just like, I'm, I'm done, you know, and I can just get on with the job. But architecture is uh, one of those things where it's a, it's the long game. And I also look at everything I do in life like that. You know, it's just a lot of small little puzzle pieces that end up with the big project. And if something takes a little bit extra time, I think it's well worth it for the the end result of the project. Mm-hmm. So as I mentioned, you've done some producing. Um, when What was the first song you produced or who was the first artist you worked with? Um, I think early on I'd done, uh, I did a, a track with Jake Davey that I, I, pl- yeah. I played on and did a bit of writing with. Um, and then um, Hudson was definitely my first big songs that did really well on radio as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Never See Me Cry was the first one and that did extremely well and um, and the video as well. Um, yeah, I've been really lucky that I think nearly all of my videos have been added to CMT, which is amazing. And um, Mel's Cheap Moscato was number one, which is uh, amazing. Um, yeah, so, and then, yeah, I've got a co-write um, with a song um, with Mel pretty soon. So that's really cool to get a cut on on one of Mel's songs because she's mm-hmm. absolutely incredible artist. And, yeah, um, I've worked with a, a lot of other artists as well. I've worked with uh, some children artists for the uh, Australian Children's Music Awards and, you know, placed quite highly with, with that as well. So I produced mm-hmm. and recorded, um, you know, a couple of very talented young kids from around the area and, yeah, I just, I just, whatever comes along. Um, and if I'm passionate and I love working with people who, who really care and understand and value quality. So, mm-hmm. and what do you like about producing uh, in and of itself as opposed to being a musician, being a writer? Because you do a lot of things. <laughs> I do love producing. It's just, it comes down to time. Like, I haven't had a great deal of time to do a lot recently. The most recent song that I produced was my own song. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, alongside Reese Zucker. So Reese and I'd worked together. We're the two producers, co-producers on both of Hudson's first songs. So it was a no-brainer to work with Reese again. Yeah. Uh, I imagine you have a very well-organised calendar <laughs> because you've got all these <laughs> different things to do. And, you know, like a video shoot, for example, it's not just turn up on the day. You have a lot of planning to do. There are all these components. Yeah. Yes. I, I try and keep organised because it's the only way that I can keep on top of it. And um, you know, anyone out there who's a creative, they are probably just like me and honestly not very organized, but <laughs> it's kind of chaos um, at, all the time. And you do your best to, you know, if I don't write it down, then it's it's gone. <laughs> I yeah. understand. I'm the same way. Um, so now I will get around to get around to it, which is your new yes. single. Um, and you wrote this with Melanie Dyer. Uh, I did. She is in demand as a co-writer as well. So I'm wondering if you had to book in time with her. Honestly, I actually have to book in time with her. She's so busy. And <laughs> it's quite funny because, um, you know, I, I, I'm i a crazy multitasker. I can multitask um, where Mel is very, like, in the zone for each particular thing that she has to do. So if she has a right, she's very, very much like Nashville. Like, the right starts at 11 o'clock and it finishes at five o'clock and she clocks in clocks out and then mentally she knows that she's done for the day where Mm -hmm. 
I can be, you know, had a full day of work, a video shoot, editing, working on songs, and then it's 11 o'clock and I'm like, oh, I've got this idea, let's write a song. And she's like, hell no. <laughs> so, yeah, it's quite funny. We're, we're very opposite in that sense. But, um, yes, I do have to book in time with her. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it's just that, you know, one of you's a night owl, one of you's not, who knows. Um, <laughs> what was the exactly. expression of the song? So the song came off the back of, um, you know, the last probably 18 months of us being on the road and being flat out, you know, doing content and music videos. And I think Mel had released uh, four singles sort of in that time. We'd played the Big Red Bash Monday. We'd travelled all over Australia pretty much. And we often talk about the fact that we don't get a lot of time to just have a weekend off or book a trip because the industry never stops. And if you stop, you're gone. Mm-hmm. that's that's the reality of it you know if you disappear off social media for a day people think you've died <laughs> so uh, that's just how it is and yeah th- that's how the song came about we always talking about just wishing that we had time to get around to having a, a holiday or just five minutes just to catch your breath and um i came up with this really cool um guitar riff um halfway out the door i always am most creative when i shouldn't be and I always want to play guitar when I should be somewhere else because that's about the only time that I've got. I'm like got five minutes before we leave. Right. And yeah, I came up with the riff and then the next night we sat down and the song pretty much just came out. Yeah. Uh, if you are not just halfway out the door, but all the way out the door when you have an idea, do you, are you a voice memo person for recording things? Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. I recorded that very quickly on my phone. Um, and then often my favorite thing to do, I used to do this quite a lot when I had a bit of, when I had free time on Saturdays, I used to record voice memos or I'd make, um, half decent scratch demo tracks, um, recording. And then I would go for a long drive on Saturday. I'd take a notepad and pen and it's something about driving and moving. Um, you just, you're not thinking, you're not overthinking about anything. And I feel like it's the rhythm of movement that helps me like ideas flow mm-hmm. and that's something that I, I used to do quite a lot I need to get back to doing that because it's it's fun <laughs> yeah yeah it's interesting what you just said the rhythm of movement um because yes. you know, some people for some people it's walking but so many yeah. songwriters have said that driving the car um yeah. is when ideas will come and then they have to pull over and get the phone out record a voice memo that sort of thing so yeah I, I'm maybe some studies have been done about it but it seems to happen a lot Definitely. I think it's something to do with just the, just the flow. Like you're not overthinking, you not you don't have time to overthink like you're driving. So that sort of like takes away your mechanical, physical, you know, playing guitar. And then mm. I don't know, you just, I don't know, the rhythm just sort of comes, you end up with cool different phrasing and, and stuff like that. I often need almost two recorders. So you have one to record what you're singing along and one to, yeah, one to play whatever you've recorded beforehand. So. Yeah, they may, well, maybe because you, you can design things, maybe you should design an in-car system for musicians to write songs while they're driving. <laughs> Sounds amazing. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll copyright that. You heard yeah. it first right here. <laughs> but, um, I mean, what you said about, you know, not having spare time, it is, there's so, there is so much changing for musicians. It's, it's, it's you know, streaming and making sure you're keeping up the pace there. And then, as you said, if you're off social media for a day, people think that, Something's happened to you. Um, I do yeah. often think there are so many different demands on your attention and your time that it it, it may feel 
a little unsustainable at times, actually, even even for a musician who doesn't have as many different tasks as you do, just that whole sense of being pulled here and there is is tricky, I think. It is because everyone's, you know, there's so many platforms now, you know, TikTok, Instagram mm. Reels, Instagram posting, um, now YouTube shorts, you know, like there's just way too many platforms that, you know, there's the population, you know, 25% might be on YouTube, 25% on mm. TikTok, et cetera. And if you don't try and reach that audience, then, um, you know, you feel like you might be missing out. But yeah, it's very demanding on your time. You know, that's why there's influencers out there that get paid and all they do is they have a full-time videographer that creates content for them. It's yeah. a full-time career for multiple people to have, you know, one channel. And on the flip side of all of that, you know, as an artist, you're also expected to write songs. And it's like, well, there's hardly any any time to write songs because, you know, you put out a song and then you just, you're on the content train for a month or so and then you're trying mm-hmm. to fit in gigs as well. And I think the beauty of how it used to be back in the day is that you know social media didn't exist so the record label did all the marketing that they needed to do and the artists could just concentrate on writing more more songs and playing more gigs yeah that'd, I'm not that'd sure be what, the dream yeah i'm not sure what the solution is actually because it's it's not going away all of this but it's, and this is it's not a question more a comment just to acknowledge that i do see for for artists it is it is really tricky keeping up with all the different things and it does often take you away from your core competency which is making music exactly right yeah i feel like um it's probably you know 30 30 percent playing now and writing and the rest of it is just marketing and industry stuff that you that you have to do and uh it gets tricky for us because like we're doing everything in-house as a content creator myself you know i'm doing my own i'm doing melanie's and i'm also doing other artists as well so trying to fit all of that in it's quite tricky and that's why you know it's taken me quite a, a quite a, a while to get around to being able to put all the puzzle pieces together for my own music yeah well you have and it is a great yeah. song like it's just yeah it's a it's an earworm song it's a really great song to drive to as well as have on around the house. so i'm wondering uh, if you have more planned in amongst everything else you're doing Absolutely. We, yeah, sure do. So I've got another two singles um, that are ready to go. I think they're solid songs and uh, great second, third songs after get around to it. Mm. And yeah, so the, the plan is to, uh, we've got a few tour um, dates coming up um, with Mel, obviously, and then uh, we will be working on, on the next one, sort of like for October, November release, sort of that will take me through into Tamworth. And then you've got to find time to book your own gigs, I guess, <laughs> you know, playing with Mel and then you might want to have some Jackson James gigs. Exactly right. Like the plan, the plan all along was, um, you know, like it takes time. We all know it takes time. Um, you know, you don't sort of appear overnight. You know, I've been working and chipping away like everyone um, before me. You know, it's, it's a 10, 20, 30-year uh, process to, to do it and you know to get the right team around you I've got an amazing uh, publicist Jules from Wildheart and just having all the right people um, you know in your team and um, to show you how to do things properly I think that the you know the weight is worth worthwhile and um, yeah I just like I feel like I've had you know the experience now to be able just to to do it and take it all on without feeling overwhelmed because it is a it's a lot to um, take on industry it is but for those of us who love music it's always fantastic when we hear great music and and i so appreciate all of our australian country music artists who 
produce great songs like you do. Jackson, it's been so Thank interesting you. to talk to you. I look forward to what's coming next. Have a great time at all these festivals. Will do. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Sunburnt Country Music Podcast. For more Australian country music interviews and reviews and other things, go to sunburntcountrymusic.com or to Sunburnt Country Music on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok.